Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. All right, well, welcome to season six of the Young and Adulting podcast. This is the season called What I Wish I Knew. I don't know if you relate to this, but there are so many times in my life where I've sat back saying, man, if I only knew this earlier. Well, now we're not going to have to ask that question anymore because we're doing it right here at this podcast. There's that saying that you either learn from your mistakes or the mistakes of your mentors. So we're bringing in a whole lot of people that are a little bit older, a little bit wiser, that are going to help us with what we wish we knew. And today I'm thrilled about this. We have two legends at Christ Fellowship, Don and Joy Bray. You two are incredible people, mentors uh, in my life and my wife, Kalisa. But man, we're so excited that you're here today. We know you but not everybody does. Could you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your journey to Christ Fellowship and some of your history together? We'd love to, uh, Lewis. Thanks for inviting us. It's an honor to be here. And I want you to know we may seem like legends, but we're actually just plain old ordinary people that have lived a very long time. (laughs) So humble. (laughs) But one of the neat things about growing older is that you have a perspective and you can look Mm -hmm. back and see how God has so carefully orchestrated every step you have taken and and sometimes even why and how he um, he did it and and that just makes it more exciting and more real. So first of all I want to say that this incredible man sitting next to me is the greatest earthly gift that God has ever given to me and I would not be who I am today without his unconditional love for God and for me. So but I also want to say to those who are single that perhaps maybe you can develop a close friend who can be be beside you as you navigate some of these issues about finding out what God's calling is on your life, and, or a mentor to help you uh, discover that. So um, I'm, we're cheering you on. So when I married Don, I knew he was called to full-time ministry. So that meant I was called too, yeah. because we're one. Yep. And so we started down that road together. and. Um, I had no idea what that was going to look like. In the first 10 years of our marriage, we lived in 10 different homes. And our first apartment gave new meaning to the words, tiny house. (laughs) (laughs) I taught fourth grade while Don got his master's degree. So I was, as Julie Mullins would say, I was his sugar mama for that year. (laughs) And then we pastored in Michigan for three years before we went to Papua New Guinea. It was so interesting because neither one of us had any experience at all in what I call rustic living. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even like to go camping. I still don't like to go camping. But somehow when we were there, um, I didn't exactly mind learning how to cook on a wood stove and walking through all those jungle trails and and training my 18-month-old daughter on three different outhouses. <laughs> you know, it was just what we did. And that definitely wasn't me. It was God, because it wasn't me. And that's what's so cool about following Jesus. Don was raised in Chicago, and uh, his first assignment was to build us an outhouse. So as you can imagine, that did not go well. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> he knew nothing about build, building, but he learned. And actually, he became good enough to build us a home wow. and even furniture to fill the home. All so right. there you are. Wow. Mr. Handyman. <laughs> so uh, then when we moved back to the States, uh, we joined a leadership team of our uh, denomination, in world, he, he in World Missions and I in Women's Ministry. But after 35 years of global ministry, God redirected us here to Christ Fellowship, and we're so glad he did. Yeah. Um, shortly after I came, um, I had the joy of launching a class for adults with special needs. We called it Friends at the Gardens campus. We met during uh, one of the worship services, and it actually turned out to be the joy of my life. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. We did that for 10 years, and then we moved up here to uh, Port St. Lucie. We live where we live now. So I'm on the prayer team there. I love uh, uh, leading a gr small group uh, and helping younger women, you know, investing in younger women. And we also together serve on the prayer team for our senior pastors. Wow. So that's what we do now. That is so special. <laughs> it is special. Yeah, I we love, love being it. Joyce's husband. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited to be with you guys and and are grateful for the opportunity because we think this topic is so significant. When Because we've spent all of our life in ministry as we've been thinking through this process for today, I realized if we're going to know the life that God wants us to have, no matter what our vocation is, whether it's in direct Christian ministry or whether it's as Christian lay people, everybody needs to know what God wants them to do and follow and find out what that is and walk in obedience to Him so that they can know the best life that God has for them. So I, I hope today in some of the things that we talk about that uh, that will be become clearer and helpful. Yeah. So Joy and I are each other's cheerleaders. As you could tell, she's better than me. But her love and commitment and her gifts and skills are really superior to mine. And sometimes I just, as I reflect back over our nearly 59 years of marriage, I get overwhelmed with how God has used her and the things that she's done and that I get got to share with her. So it's we're very excited to be together in this podcast. So I spent 35 years in international ministry, and then I spent 16 years, that's 51, years of ministry in two basically wow. two focuses. And we have just completed our 58th year of active, co continued Christian ministry. So we are officially old, <laughs> but we love the fact that there's a place in God's kingdom for even old people. Oh my goodness. And, and you know what? We feel really honored that we could be part of the Young and Adulting podcast. So my current role at Christ Fellowship, I'm, Fellowship is I'm the senior associate pastor, and I take direction from Pastor Todd and Julie. And I do a variety of things. I'm an elder. Mm -hmm. I have a focus on prayer. I do congregational care. I mentor some. Mm -hmm. Just do a variety of things that take advantage of the experience that God's given me over the years. And it's just it's pure joy. And being in Christ Fellowship, of course, is an amazing gift. Wow, you two are 
incredible you are your 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 legacy you are legends all right and we're trying to be like you so many people talk about god's call on their life and especially whenever we talk to people our age in their 20s or 30s young adults everybody seems to have an idea of what god's call is um, an idea of how to get god's call but man I, i'm wanting to know what do you wish you knew about god's calling uh, early in your your ministry early in your your marriage like what, what did you wish you knew so i think that what i think I, I, that i wished i knew that god does unique things in different ways he's not stereotyped wow because as a little kid my dad's a pastor mm -hmm. and as a little kid people said what do you want to be when you grow up and i said i want to be a cowboy pastor <laughs> and then i wanted to be a fireman pastor <laughs> And then I wanted to be a baseball player pastor. Not a Cubs pastor, but a baseball player pastor. There you go. <laughs> and so it was, it was just a sense of, of knowing that I had. And so I didn't have any special time aha moment when I sensed the call of God. No, I had many moments where that was affirmed to me mm -hmm. in, in various spiritual experiences. But I, I just grew up knowing that was what, what I was supposed to do. And I didn't have any pressure from my my parents to be to get in Christian vocational ministry, mm -hmm. but I'm the fifth generation. My brother, who's also a pastor, we're the fifth direct generation of pastors in our clan, and so that's that's something that's very special to us. So, since God is so creative and He calls people in such different ways, the thing, couple things I think we need to know: we know to know Jesus well enough to know His voice. Yes. And we need to know ourselves well enough to know our gifts. And those are the two kinds of th two things that are kind of foundational to figuring out what God wants us to do with our lives. Mhm. Mm wow. Awesome, honey. So, here's what I wish. <clears throat> I wish I had known that God is more interested in who we are becoming than where we are planted. Wow. <clears throat> I wasted too many uh, hours worrying and, and being anxious about <clears throat> what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. But God knew and he had a plan and it didn't and he wanted to just build character in us. <clears throat> so I remember <clears throat> when we were leaving Papua New Guinea um, and uh, we had two different choices of opportunities ahead of us. One was in a city and one was in uh, rural Indiana. And the reason we were moving was to get special education for our son. We were pretty sure that they would have good facilities in Chicago, medical and educational. We weren't so sure about rural Indiana. But we decided we would just pray equally. And interestingly enough, God gave us peace to go to Indiana. And he mm -hmm. even confirmed it with a scripture verse uh, which says, now, in Papua New Guinea, there are mountains everywhere. And in fact, we had a huge mountain just right outside our house, which was wonderful. But in, in Isaiah 54, in my daily reading, I read this verse. It says, For the mountains may depart and the hills disappear, but my kindness shall not leave, leave you. So I knew then that there weren't very many mountains in Indiana and that God was going to, to his kindness would be with us. Little did we know when we got there that a state-of-the-art developmental center for preschoolers had yeah. just begun in that little tiny town. And 
Jeffrey enrolled immediately. He flourished and uh, just exceeded our expectations from the beginning. So God knew, and we don't have to be quite so, try to figure it all out, Mm -hmm. because we can lay back and just know that God's got this. Um, So Don and I are a team. He's usually the major hire. Uh, but it's so cool because wherever God led us, He allowed me to bloom where He was planted. We were planted, wow. yep. and in incredible ways that matched my gifting. Mm-hmm. And in PNG, I had the opportunity to teach children that had never been to school before, which was awesome. I also got to teach literacy classes to village people, so that so that they could teach the children and uh, people in their villages and learn how to read the Bible and understand what God's Word was really saying. What a blessing that was. And when we came back to the States, I was able to revisit my love for editing by doing some editing things and um, and then got to travel all over the world with my husband and see God at work in many different cultures and be able to learn from them and grow from them. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that has just shown me how very specifically God can use us wherever we are. We just wow. bloom where we're planted. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I, I talk to people pretty often, and the whenever we talk about God's calling, people just always they have a, an idea of, of how God calls us and, and what it means for God to call you. And, and you guys have mentioned there was the verse that you talked about, the affirmations, Pastor Don, that you mentioned. But whenever God calls you, how does how has He done it in your life, and what are some maybe practical things that we can use to know when God calls us to do something, or whenever we kind of want to do something and we just put God's name behind it? How do we know the difference between the two? So, from the very beginning of our ministry, we were having to make decisions about what God's call was for our lives, mm-hmm. and we stumbled on a process that was not typical that didn't fit the stereotypical perspective of evangelical conservative people. And what I wish we'd known then was how creative God is because we got a lot of criticism for the the decision process that we put together. Okay. But to be honest with you, now all these years later, we believe that on these big decisions of where God wanted us to go and and do, that we we got it right every time. Mm. Now, we haven't done everything right, but we've gotten the big things right. And this, let me just talk for a minute about the process that we used. Yes, please. So, first of all, there are three, three key things that we learned. One is that we're a team and that we do it together. Now, if there's any older people listening to this, they're going to smile because before I got married, when I was we were still engaged. I was talking to my buddy about how you can run your home. Mm. Before you got married. Before I got married. Yep. And I said, well, well, we'll talk together and get a perspective, But if and have then we'll have a vote. And if it's one-to-one, I'll break the vote with the tie. I get a second <laughs> vote. Oh. Fortunately, I never tried that. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> but here's, here's what the Scripture verse that was critical to us is Ephesians 5.21 which is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so here's the process that we used. We had an offer to go do, to go somewhere, and so the first thing we would do is we would talk it through and use our best common sense on that. And then we would pray together, mm-hmm. 
but then we went and prayed separately because we're each individuals. We might be one one in Christ, one in our marriage, but we're each individuals. And we have so we would pray separately and seek scripture separately so that God could speak uniquely to each of us with our own personalities. And then we'd come together and just share what we were saying, what we were learning. And if we had agreement, mm-hmm. then we'd settle on a decision. But if we didn't have agreement, we'd go and redo that process until we really believed that God had brought us together in unity. Wow. And how long would that take, maybe? 10 or 15 minutes. It varies. <laughs> no. no. That's it. You all know this is a joke. Yeah, yeah. Some, typically, it could take days. Okay. And one of the things we learned is that when you're making decisions about how you're going to spend your life, which is the only thing of value to God, is our lives that you take whatever time you need to get it right. Right. And if you miss an opportunity because you weren't sure, it's an opportunity God didn't have for you. So, um, but typically it was like one of the, the first time where we really got this process going was the decision to where, to go to whether to go overseas and mm-hmm. what to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a week and a half at least that this process took place. I can remember God spoke to me eventually and said that he wanted us to go overseas. And I asked him where, and he gave me two countries that were very primitive. So I said to the Lord, Joy will go wherever I go. But to go because she doesn't like camping, as she's already told us, mm-hmm. I said, you have to tell her yourself. <laughs> if you, you told me, you have to tell her. Yeah. And a couple of days later, she came out from her own private devotions and said, I, cause I never said anything to her. She said, God spoke to me and said we're to look overseas and gave me the same two countries God gave me. Wow. And one of them was Papua New Guinea. Yeah. So it's that sense of coming together. And then we learned something else, and that is after you have a, a decision, we didn't tell anybody, but we said to the Lord, we want you to seal this with your peace. Mm-hmm. Now, in the in the process I'm talking about, the first decision wasn't to wasn't overseas; it was to stay where we were, but we had no peace on it. Mm-hmm. So then we changed. We went through, reiterated the process and came up with the thing, of, the idea of going overseas. And when we did that, we had total, complete peace. Even though our parents, who were both pastors, did not agree with us, they thought we were making a bad decision. But it was the the perfect decision for God for us, mm-hmm. and so it was after we had we made the decision, we gave God opportunity to seal it, mm-hmm. came back and knew that this was the right decision, and then God gave us scripture. Joy, can you tell about that. Yes, um, I remember it, it happened just exactly like He said. Yeah. And uh, but I was holding out for a scripture, and because. I'm a detail person, and so that's kind of like what cements it for me, like I told you the one before. Mm-hmm. But this was this was when we were leaving our first pastorate. We'd been there for three years, and they weren't expecting us to get up and say we were leaving. And I knew it was going to be a hard day. So that morning, I got up and I said, okay, God, I still don't have a scripture. And I was just preparing for my high school Sunday school class, and we were in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. in Acts chapter 20, where Paul is leaving Ephesus. And um, I all of a sudden I read these words, Remember the three years I was with you. 
We'd been there for three years. My constant watch and care for you, day and night, and my many tears for you. Mm -hmm. And now I entrust you to God and the word of his grace. And I was so excited. I said, that's it. For three years we've been here, and we're, we're going to entrust them to God's care. So Don was already upstairs preparing to go out and, and do the service. And so I ran up the stairs, and I said, honey, you have to read this to the congregation. And he did. And uh, it was just a, a beautiful confirmation, yes. which God knew that we both needed, but especially me. And um, that's really one of the one of the way, unique ways that God has has worked in our lives is through Scripture, and uh, I'm just so thankful. So the first thing that we learned was that we're at a team and we do it together. Yes. The second thing we learned that our call is to Jesus, not to a profession. Okay. So I grew up, if you were called to be a pastor, you were a pastor. You didn't do anything else but pastor. And um, so... Joy will talk in a little bit about the various things that God has led her to, to do and to be. For me, I've done lots of things in my life. I've, I was a small church pastor, solo pastor. Mm -hmm. Then I was a pioneer missionary and a mission executive. And then I went as a state supervisor of churches down in the Deep South. And then I came to Christ Fellowship, and I've done a dozen different jobs here over the 16 years. And all of that was because we realized we were called to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you're called to Jesus, then all you ask, then the only thing you need to know is what does Jesus want me to do? Right. So if you're a business person or a teacher, or you should go through this, these same processes to know that you're in the right place and doing what Jesus wants you to do. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only thing that really matters. Now, there's some people that do the same thing their whole lives, and that's wonderful if that's what God has for you. But we've discovered that when we're called to Jesus, it opens us up to do a, do a variety of different things that are all helpful to the kingdom of God. And mm -hmm. so we we really think it's important to see your calling to, to the Lord himself, mm -hmm. not to some particular role. Yeah, because if Jesus would call you in ministry, he'll call anybody in business or education sure. or wherever right. they are. Right. Joy, what were some of those pieces uh, that God has called you into? Um, well, I would just – I'm already on question four, so <laughs> what, are, what question are we on? Anyway, I would just say that following Jesus, when you have a lot of open doors before you and you don't know which door to go in, mm -hmm. I would say following Jesus is all about surrender. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's giving up our dreams so we can embrace, embrace God's dreams. Mm -hmm. And um, he sees the big picture and knows exactly what we need and when, and when we need it. Um, I never in a million years thought that when I was 26 years old, I would be getting on an airplane and flying all the way across the Pacific with my 18-month-old daughter, and I was four months pregnant. That was just like not even in my wheelhouse, okay? That was God's dream. It wasn't my dream. Um, and after I share some of my experiences, sometimes people will come up to me and they'll say, wow, that was amazing, but I could never do that. And I always say the same thing. I always say, how do you know? Has God called you to Papua New Guinea? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's that scripture that says he gives us grace when we need it. Right. 
not yeah. before we need it, mm -hmm. not after we need it, but when we need it. So whatever, where, wherever God directs you, He knows what you need, and He will be with you in it. The days in New Guinea, were some of them were very dark and depressing and hard, but God was there with us. He, he gave us the grace we needed. He was faithful. He was forgiving. He was loving. He was gracious. He was powerful. All of those things, we learned so much about the character of God that we wouldn't have learned it, and God knew that. And so that's why he prepared that place to prepare us for maybe a lifetime ahead of ministry, whatever that meant. So just like Don said, keep your eyes on Jesus, stay close to him, and he will guide you definitively. You don't have to worry about so much about where he's calling or even what he's calling you to as much as just obeying him and opening up your heart to listen to him and having that that obedient spirit. Mm -hmm. So good. Can I share one more thing? <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> so the, th the third principle was that we let Jesus build our career. In a secular mindset, you say, this is what I'm going to do, and then you go out and you, you begin to learn your, you learn your craft, and you make decisions, and you get an advancement, and you, another company comes along and pays you more money, and you just you build a career out. But what we discovered is that Jesus' plan for us is so creative mm -hmm. that if we allow Him, if we simply obey Him and do what He asks us to do, He will build into our lives experiences that help us become more than we ever thought we could become. Mm -hmm. And so Joy and I have changed, as I, I talked about the different things that we've done, almost every one of those when we transitioned, we went to a position lower than what we had with less money than we were making. But because we went there, God taught us something that because he was, he was literally preparing me to lead an international organization, which I had no idea that was his plan. There was never a goal. And so what I fear is when we try to, cre when we try to build our own career and help become, become successful, that we narrow we narrow the God's opportunity to build into us what He wants us to know and learn. Come on, and it's a uh, so it's a really an emotional thing for me because I see so many, so many trying to be successful, and they're taking their lives out of God's direction, and and it doesn't matter what a profession is. I've said already, but if we'll listen to the Lord and let him guide and direct us, we'll become more than we thought we could ever be. Pastor Don, that was incredible. Whenever, whenever we try to get a vision for our life, and a vision is focused and it's narrowed, we're actually narrowing our life when we should just offer it to God and let Jesus build our career. Right, exactly. My goodness, that is incredible. You know, we are we're so grateful that you have both been here. We, you've you've been around for been in ministry, been married fifty nine years. Uh, for fun, what are some things that you wish you knew then that maybe we're going to come back in style today? <laughs> so I grew up in the fifties, mm -hmm. and we had we had the 
I don't know, you've seen it in West Side Story, the big poodle skirts with all the Kremlins underneath. I do not want that to come back. I do not, (laughs) because it was a high maintenance. I mean, we're talking, you know, you you had to starch those things, you had to iron those things, you had to put on all those things, and it was a pain. And another thing I'm glad is out of fashion now are pantyhose. No more (laughs) pantyhose. Hey, hallelujah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Pastor Don? I've never liked pantyhose either. (laughs) So so for me, it's a little different because I I grew up with – in a family where money was really short. And so I don't ever remember growing up having like a, a, a suit or a new suit. But my senior year of college, Joy and I were engaged, and she actually started being my sugar mom. She had a job while I was finishing up college, mm-hmm. and she bought me this really cool sport coat with narrow lapels, leather elbow patches. Right. It's the finest thing I'd ever put on in my life, and it came from my love. So, Oh, that's awesome. My feet barely touched the ground when I wore it. So I kept that and kept that. And then double-breasted suits came in and big lapels came in and wide ties came in and baggy pants came in. And I finally got rid of it. And I, and my sorrow is, the thing that I wish I hadn't, I wish I hadn't given it away. Because as you know, we're just in an era now with narrow lapels. Oh, yeah. Leather elbow patches. Come on. So I could have gone back to, the, to my first coat of, for my real love. Oh. Well, I'll just buy you a new one, honey. Hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's now recorded. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We love you both so, so, so much. Um, I know, Pastor Don, you've been on a number of Young and Adulting podcasts. So if you're listening and you want some more of Pastor Don, uh, go back in our episodes. We've got them all there. And then, Joy, you are the podcast queen. All right, that is the label that has been put on you. You've been a part of our So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you're interested in hearing more from Pastor Joy, go click there and and connect with that content. We're so grateful that you both are here. And it's been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for tuning in to Young and Adulting. If you enjoyed today's conversation, leave a comment, share it with a friend, uh, reshare this on social media, do whatever it takes like and subscribe because we believe this is going to help you and your life so eventually you could say i don't need to know what i needed to know because i already knew it right (laughs) come on we love you so much we'll see you for the next episode of young and adulting thanks for joining us for this episode of young and adulting follow us on instagram at cf.youngadults and if there's a topic you'd like to talk about we want to hear about it send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts we'll see you next time